Welcome, one and all, to Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Ahoy, Pete. Ahoy, Matt. Ahoy, mateys. Here today to talk some deep dives, some theories, what you think is coming for Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Well, Pete, here's one right off the bat. It was good timing. Fate must have delivered this uh, this to me because I wasn't out there searching the webs for theories. I have my own thoughts and whatnot, but came across a, uh, a really interesting video on YouTube uh, entitled Captains of the Enterprise, uh, and uh, it's by Certifiably In-Game on YouTube. And um, it basically was taking... It, it's part one of two took kind of a long-term view of all the ships named Enterprise and the captains and how long they were captains for and using primary source stuff and some of the beta novel and comic things and whatnot. And, Pete, let me say right up front, there was a visual uh, suggestion. This was not this guy's theory outright. There was a visual suggestion that just as we have seen uh, in the classic Trek movies upgrades to the Constitution class. Maybe what we saw at the end of Discovery Season 1 was an upgrade to the Constitution class. So maybe that, you know, classic Trek model is still something that's out there 20 years prior to Discovery or something like that. That's my theory, Pete. Well, I mean, we've heard a little bit behind the scenes that there are specific things they're not allowed to use. And it was my understanding um, that the version of the Enterprise that we saw needed to be reminiscent but different enough so that various corporate entities that hold certain rights wouldn't say, you have taken the spaceship that we have on our spaceship show that we haven't made in however many years. <laughs> we will now call our cadre of lawyers. You're going to need the Federation and the Klingons and a neutral zone to protect you. Um, that was my understanding. Um, they, they've since uh, this... Uh, version of the uh, NCC-1701 Enterprise has appeared on Discovery. What was that? February of this year back. They've produced some merchandise with it. So something tells me everybody's been appeased and they've, they've all made their peace with it. I just don't know how much of the Enterprise we're going to be seeing this season when it seems pretty cut and dry that um, Pike comes aboard to take on the captaincy, at least in an interim role of the discovery and the, uh, the adventure continues. I'm certainly not trying to suggest with this, with this wisp of theory that, uh, that somehow though there has been a refit potentially that the crux of the theory that somehow there's going to be an unrefit so that it looks the way it, does in 1966 which is still in the future of discovery it doesn't resolve any of that i just thought it was an interesting suggestion that maybe that original original version which at new york comic-con kurtzman was up front and saying we are reimagining some things we're lightly sprucing up a couple of things along the way without thought to you know romulan uh, mining ships from the future or big green time waves or things of that sort we're just kind of 
redecorating ever so slightly. I thought this was one way to kind of resolve the two a bit. I certainly would agree with you that I think the whole story in the second half of the season is going to be more Enterprise stuff. I know that they've teased the Enterprise as a set. Um, I'm 99% sure that that has been teased out there. Like they've shown us a doorway or a hallway or something like that. I certainly do not anymore expect some slavish 1966, you know, uh, recreation. We we've done it before. We've done it successfully with, uh, the deep space nine episode that went there, the enterprise episode that went there. It's okay to just say, you know what? Not all these pieces are going to fit together because it's this big, massive story spanning 50 plus years. It all doesn't, there wasn't some master plan. Regine Roddenberry went to binder number 22 and said, ah, and then when discovery comes along in the past, (laughs) in the future, it'll be great. Yeah. I, I definitely don't think they're going to tread down that path and they're wise not to do that. Um, I I've seen similar things when it comes to sets. I think there's a lot of redressing of sets going on though. Um, the enterprise bridge aside and you know, that'll clearly be a, a big reveal when that happens. But I'm more so interested in the characters. We look at Pike. Obviously, he was cast. Number one was cast. And then it was several weeks and weeks and probably months later, they've cast uh, Spock, uh, Ethan Peck. So clearly there's going to be space in the story early on before he appears. And you wonder how these characters on a show that already has characters that we know and we care about are going to be serviced. Well, I think that that's, that's in my mind, kind of the behind the scenes creative tension. And I don't mean to suggest any unhappiness, but to me, that's the job that needs to be done almost more squarely than any other. And I mentioned tangentially ditto for the Picard series. We can't make this the, we can't make this a nonstop look back. We can't make this like, Oh man, Pete, now we're going to do a half hour on the 30 seconds we spent in Spock's quarters. Uh, did you see the harp? Did you see the cutting fighting tool that will later be used in the mock time? Like, those are all fun. But when that overshadows, yeah. like, oh, man, Pete, uh, Saru had a life-threatening illness in episode 204. But now we're going to talk about the harp instead. Like, again, nostalgia is one thing, but this has to move forward. Forward always, always forward. Not constantly, <laughs> like... You know, everything can't be Back to the Future 2. That's why Back to the Future 2 is so great, because it nails it the one time. Not everything can do that, always. Yeah, and I think what we're going to get from those secondary characters is largely going to be helping to maneuver the plot forward so that we can watch Burnham grow, so that we can see more of Saru you know, watching season one again on Blu-ray, Matt, you know, I, I don't feel as if we really got enough Paul Stamets in the first season. I really want to see more of Anthony Rapp in the second season and see him to continue to develop as a character. Because um, obviously he goes through things, but there are sections of the story where he's MIA or he's in the mycelial network. It, it's just not as much uh, growth 
or participation. So between them, between the uh, secondary characters we already had, you get into a, a Culber, you get into a, um, an Admiral Cornwell, and then we get to Pike and Number One and, and Spock. I, I think they're the spices that get sprinkled on top of the meal. Well, Pete, you mentioned Discovery on Blu-ray. Let's take, a, take our deep dive kind of exterior of the narrative for a moment you know we've discussed on prior podcasts some of the some of the um concerns with cbs all access in terms of you know its interface and 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 things of that sort and i feel like though we are expecting it to be working perfectly all the time which i don't think is an unreasonable expectation you know i don't know that they fell super short uh of that goal for us certainly me watching uh, a number of the episodes the night it premiered on my my lesser television and then always on the greater television later in the week. Everything looked fine to me. Pete, I'm sure it's just the same on Blu-ray, right? The Blu-ray is breathtaking, Matt. I know you've not had a chance to see it yet, but I continue to marvel at the level of detail that I'm picking up. I had only watched it on a computer screen until now and to watch it on a 60 inch bridge view screen as I can now, as I sit in my captain's chair uh, on my bridge, it's, you know, I know the story, but it's a completely different experience. And it makes me lament that CBS all access is a thing that unless I jury rig away to get Amazon and then put the code in and do that to watch it on my big screen TV. Oh yeah. And then watching it on your laptop is largely a pain in the neck. I usually have to go to the iPad. Yeah. I mean, watching anything on the all access website, if you pause it for more than 15 seconds you know heaven forbid pete that one must refill the chip bowl or go to the gentleman's room or the ladies room or whatever because you come back and file not found or restart then it'll have you close and real it's just a terrible experience but bringing bringing it back to the show here i know that i had read kind of in passing or maybe it was since the blu-ray came out i don't quite remember but before you received your blu-ray i read oh yeah all access uh tops out at like 720p not 1080p and at the time i was it just kind of went in when one ear and out the other because i've watched it on my big tv at home and things have looked fine i would suspect as 720p would but the notion that we're maybe not even getting full hd let alone you know meanwhile over on netflix at least in general i don't know about the netflix discovery experience abroad but you know, for those who are have 4K TVs and this and that, the other, many, many Netflix shows are in 4K. I'm not expecting that. I'm not asking for that. Pete, we can do a separate podcast sometime on the merits or lack thereof uh, for 4K. But I kind of expected full HD since the thing is shot in HD and since... The, you know, Gersha Phillips is there putting little 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 dots for ranks and everybody's putting little details and the bleeps and the bloops and we're not even getting that over the streamer is a little surprising. If they're going to CBS treat Star Trek like the Golden Goose, and it is, you know, it's the only show they've had that's an original that's not dropped a complete season. No activity just dropped um, the day before Thanksgiving, its entire second season with the advertisement of 
go ahead and binge it for the holiday. The Good Fight has done that with their second season as well. We know we're not, unfortunately, going to get that with Star Trek Discovery Season 2. So you think it could at the very least be reliable and come across in a way that is going to make us appreciate all that the creative people, Gersha Phillips, the writers, the directors, the actors have to put into it. They've just continued to mismanage this. And it's on top of, Matt, all the promises we've been made by the PR people. Well, back into the world of the show, Pete, we, of course, have discussed the two short treks that have come out so far. Uh, Side note, these two or three weeks after Calypso has dropped, I just still remain, you know, my my breath has been taken away with how lovely that little self-contained story that I expect no connection to anything potentially. I, 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 I suspect it will never connect back to anything ever again, and if so, that's just fine. Looking ahead to the Saru one and the Mud one, Saru one in particular, do you think we get any sort of, you know, countdown to season two type stuff, or do the remaining short tracks just continue to be really, really wonderful kind of side dishes? I think with the Saru one, I I think that's character building. Um, It'll be a prequel, as I understand it, uh, but it'll be character building for season two. Um, we were told by Doug Jones at New York Comic Con that we were going to meet the character's sister this year and that we were going to visit his home world of Kaminar. Um, so if we don't glimpse it there, uh, both either, I would expect that to happen during a season. Now you have brought up an interesting point. I had not stopped to consider that that really... Uh, delicious promise of kind of getting more Saru stuff and visiting the home world and things of that sort. I had not stopped to consider that maybe that will be limited to the short trek. On the one hand, I want to say, you know, not fair. You're not giving us, you know, the full helping. Flip side is, you know, if you have a, if you have a, an episode with an A plot, a B plot and a C plot potentially, uh, and the B plot or the C plot or whatever it is, one of them is, Saru in his home world you might only get 15 to 20 minutes I say only you might get 15 to 20 minutes while you're dealing with other plot things so it's not necessarily a shortening Pete maybe I maybe just have the bad taste of all access in my mouth despite the fact that I continue to really love these short treks and what they're doing so your thoughts will this be the only slice oh Saru's past that we get in a really kind of substantial way it will not definitively stated by spoiler Pete what else is on your mind there I have to wonder the more I watch the second half of the season and knowing all along that the Lorca thing was not a sudden hey let's make them from the mirror universe that that was a long-term game they were playing I have to wonder if the mirror universe will somehow continue to influence the show. I'm not suggesting that this red angel stuff is mirror universe or, you know, that we have a mirror universe Pike or Spock or what have you, you know, that's why he has a beard, Matt. He's, he's mirror (laughs) universe. Um, No, I'm not suggesting that. I just wonder if there'll continue to be ripples as I'm coming to think of them throughout the series, not just this season. Well, your question, I think, is a good time to remind everybody, ourselves included, 
that we spent so much time in that first season saying what exactly is the nature of this show? How does it work out? Uh, foreshadowing and little threads and whatnot. And I mean, many of the theories that came to fruition for season one, they were out there for a while. They were they were hot options, but no one had a smoking gun in episode two and episode four and episode six for sure. Um, and I, I guess that's a way to remind everybody, let's take that knowledge as we watch season two, because you rewatch season one and it's like, it's telegraphed only with the knowledge of the entire season. The Lorca stuff is telegraphed, for example. The Vox stuff that, of course, everybody who was involved in theories was discussing right off the bat. He, he drops off the map in the story. Tyler shows up. You know, Everybody was kind of there, but we weren't all there together. There kind of wasn't the precedent. Um, let's watch out for those things. Or do they, do they pull back on, on hints? You know, how do they, how do they play back against us? How does the writing room play back against us now that we know that they know that we know how they work? Well, listen, uh, number one, you saw the video. I'm sure a lot of our listeners saw the video. Mary Chifo had posted in the Star Trek discovery account had posted as well of her in the full, um, Chancellor Laurel get up regalia there dancing to I believe it was Demi Lovato on uh, a hallway set uh, up in Toronto and then you got to see Ash Tyler in his Starfleet blues with a little bit longer hair we'd seen him with the beard and the longer hair so we figured that's how he'd appear scruffy so you have that Matt certainly we don't want to uh, think that season two won't be as evocative as <sighs> the first season. It's funny. And maybe this is proof that, you know, like proof that you can overdo it with theories or, you know, the metaphor I keep using is like for those not jeans Trek fans that are out there, it's like they spent so much time trapped in the cave that that's all that they know was whatever whatever that line was whether it was just classic track or classic next generation wherever the line was it's like that was it and they kind of came to know to know no thing after that um similarly I can't here look at the world that way and i can't look at this universe that way like star trek is star trek and it's like ice cream i want to eat it man like i don't understand uh, i don't like this ice cream i'm not eating this pizza like really or at the very least, if that's your take, you know, like, for example, I, you know, I mean, I would put Voyager towards the bottom of the list in terms of my enjoyment of, of the series. Uh, but that said, like, I'm not clamoring to do a Voyager rewatch. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in any of my top 30 of Next Generation, you know, anytime I feel the need like but that doesn't mean i need to go out there and be like voyager stinks janeway you know janeway stole my childhood um but anyhow pete to bring it back to this video maybe it says something about me and my head in the star trek world all right it's two actors goofing off on set they post it online it's, it's a wonderful little tidbit to have us all chuckle but i'm like uh, why is Tyler in the uniform? Clearly, he's been drummed out of the Star Service. What's going on? Why is she? Why is she at at Discovery and this and that the other? Versus, like, I mean, look, there could there be story reasons? Absolutely, and we'll stick a little pin in that for you know if it's like, oh man, well, we'll give anyone a lieutenant rank who can help us out with this problem. Wait, there's Ash Tyler. All right, that might come to pass. 
Meanwhile, it might have been like, hey, she's on the soundstage next door. Uh, we don't want to do the grand reveal of the Chancellor's throne room or whatever. Yeah. All right, come on over here. Oh, uh, uh, Shazad Latif is uh, is around that day. Uh, quick, throw this on because you're wearing you know a space onesie or whatever. Throw <laughs> th- throw on the throw on this uh, stuntman's uniform. Let's do a quick funny video. End all and be all. It doesn't necessarily need to be. A clue that he becomes captain and she a holographic muse or some ridiculous thing like that. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun and and these little peeks into it. But boy, Matt, if if I can't wait to get back into full on episodes, these short tracks have been good and they have certainly filled the void. Um, and, and again, the way they've timed them. Hey, get your one this month. Oh, what do you know? On the 29th day, there is a new one where you get billed for a new thing of of CBS All Access. We get it. They got to pay the bills. I understand it. I'm getting my new Star Trek. All right. You, you pay the piper is the way that it works. Um, but yeah, these, these full-on episodes to get thrown headlong into the series as were promised in the second season, Matt, without break. Um, and, and that's another thing to me as I watched season one. Like, my mind goes to, and it's the season one mid-season finale. And then I just power into the next episode because uh, I, I need my trek. Um, you know, hopefully that remains the case and they don't, you know, oh, wait, we're not going to be able to deliver Picard until this date. Oh, hey, guess what? The uh, mid-season break for Discovery happens in March, and then it comes back in July, and then it finishes, and then there's a two-month break, and then we have Picard. Um, I, I hope that temptation doesn't come across their minds and then come to pass doing the short treks was a better way to turn the couch cushions over for a little money versus hey (laughs) this month uh the 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 mid-season finale comes on the 17th day of the month so uh enjoy and then you know when we do you know season 1b you know you're gonna be left with you know whatever 13 days in the balance at least with this if you're in for short treks you're in for it if you're not fine reactivate your membership in the middle of january watch them real quick then and and enjoy the season as it goes it pete maybe maybe they're listening to us maybe all access maybe all access oh, is we know to they us. we know they listen and i mean uh, more a bit more specifically here's how they listened they watched that graph of subscriptions go down a certain amount, then back up for you know season one B, and at the end of season one, you know it was a roller coaster to hell when it just dropped, 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 and people yeah. felt comfortable uh, canceling, and hence that's why why we have more Star Trek on the way. That's why there's the forthcoming new animated series, Lower Decks. There's the Picard series, and there, you know, the goal of nonstop Star Trek is to keep this puppy alive until whatever until it's successful or until it merges with the paramount paramount network streamer or it's bought by one of the big dogs or whatever there's been a fair amount of piracy i have not um watched it via we we've gotten it via cbs all access but i have seen uh, reference to and at least one link that was active on facebook of the um the short treks so people Mm -hmm. are 
finding end arounds. I'm not endorsing that. And I, I think when you do that, what you don't seem to understand is that the creatives behind it reap no benefit of that when you do it. So that's why I would really caution people against that, apart from the fact that it's unethical. And, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, the idealism of Star Trek. Well, in the future, there'll be no piracy of content because all the content will be shared for free. <laughs> Pete, just give it a couple more decades and all of this will start to move to the uh, into the public domain unless, I don't know. Well, there's a whole thing with Mickey Mouse not moving to the public domain. <laughs> Sonny Bono in Congress had a bill and this and that and the other. But Pete, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Certainly, 100 years from now in the future, we'll all be able to make our own Stars Trek with our homemade hollow printed outfits and this and that and the other. Pete, I would love it if perhaps in another month's time as December draws to a close, maybe we can talk theories and deep dives again. Absolutely. And we will be podcasting next on Thursday, December 6th, when we will give away our second copy of the Star Trek Discovery Season 1 Blu-ray. We gave away one the night we podcasted the Calypso number two short trek. The next one, the number three, is The Brightest Star. We'll be giving away a second copy. We've received another review, Matt, to iTunes, uh, which is one way to get your name into the hopper there from Strexter. And it reads, Thoughtful Analysis, five stars. I look forward to listening to Matt and Pete's cast while I'm watching each episode. And I've definitely been in withdrawal since Disco's first season ended last winter. Luckily, the short treks have started, but they've also whetted my appetite for more. I've listened to many different podcasts, but none of them address the practical and business aspects of putting together a telecast the way that they do. Never dry, always entertaining, and two guys who work extremely well together. Give them a listen. Well, Pete, that's it's all highly scripted, and we, we couldn't do it without our, without our army of uh, interns typing these scripts away. Help, I'm an intern. Release me, release me. Anyhow, Pete, uh, certainly nice words there. And, Absolutely. Uh, we, yeah, we, we strive for that, that view, I think, both uh, in story and and in production to kind of you know there always there always are those two influences on any episode that you see the the business and the creative um the internal and the external so always part of the discussion pete how can other people be part of this uh, potential winning of the blu-ray so iTunes reviews, every like to our Facebook page, every share from our Facebook page, every like on Twitter, every retweet on Twitter is going to earn you entries into that giveaway. We had more than 400, which we had collected in a week's time. I'm uh, well over about 900 at this point, Matt, uh, as we had two weeks left here to get your name in that hopper so pete not only do we get the next short trek in uh in about 12 11 or 12 days time at least as we're recording this but also that's the big grand reveal of the next winner so certainly an opportunity to get those uh, to get those reviews likes etc in get them in there gotta be in it to win it well pete if people want to share their thoughts about uh, Discovery Season 2, their own theories, their own deep dives, how can people be in touch with you? 
You can be in touch with me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 10,199 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word. Like it today. Well, Pete, for those listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, we will be back tomorrow talking God-friended me. If you're here just for the Star Trek stuff, though, as stated, oh, in about 11 or 12 days' time, we'll be talking the next short trek can't wait for that with that pete i will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word let's see what's out there